What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 45 of the Coffee Cup podcast. The crew is back together. George got back from Eugene two or three days ago. We're all back here, chilling, regathering our energy, powering up for what feels like, I guess, what is the, the final push of the season. Uh, we'll get more into our near future plans later. But this week, I think we all will end up in Europe. By next week, at least, we're all going to be in Europe. And then uh, it's kind of all downhill from there in terms of how the season goes. <laughs> I said that in my head, I meant downhill as in, as in terms of the ball is rolling steadily, not downhill in terms of our performances. Hopefully the performances <laughs> stay good slash get better. But yeah, that's where we're at. But obviously this is being recorded right after the World Champs that ended, which was yesterday. So there's a lot to talk about from that. It was overall a pretty amazing thing, pretty amazing spectacle, pretty amazing event, which it always is. I think no matter what, it's always going to be amazing. So we have a lot to reflect on that. But obviously where we're going to start is with our main man, George, coming off racing the 5k we didn't really touch on it at all last week because we knew he was going to be back here this week so um obviously unfortunately didn't perform that the way that he wanted to so i think we'll delve a bit into that but yeah how you feeling after taking some time reflecting all that you feeling how do you feel about it physically mentally (laughs) both everything all of the above i feel pretty terrible running at the moment actually took a couple of days off went mountain biking in oregon actually had had a very nice couple of days uh, away from running. Um, didn't tell Riz when he did some pretty much like downhill mountain biking in oh, Oregon. It was damn. sweet actually with some shuttles. Um, That's beautiful up there. Like actually got out of Eugene for once. Went out to uh, Oak Ridge, Oregon, up and coming town. What's it called? Oak Ridge. Okay. Oak yeah, Ridge, that was nice. racing you guys at Let's Go Brandon. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy was out there for like we were in town for like five or six hours we got there and then like we went biking and did some random shit and we came back and this dude with a let's go brandon sign is just still on the street he's just standing there waiting that's impressive and it's, a, and it's a small town it's tiny what, yeah what's the point <laughs> you would think you'd know. at least go to like eugene or something I mean, and... he looked like he was having a great time though oh so he was just yeah he was loving it that's good um and then just been running the last couple of days body is very tired um, without actually having run very much. So probably a mental component in there. Um, yeah, but I guess we get, we get straight into it. And then me I'll let you guys have a, a say on, on your thoughts as well. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I jinxed myself early on by talking about the, uh, the qualifying thing <laughs> with uh, the times and heat one and heat two and how much easier it was. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that forever. Yeah, so I... <laughs> Got in heat one after of course. <laughs> talking about how bad of it was. Of course. Be. Not that I think that made any difference um, in the end. And yeah, finished, well, I finished 12th in heat one or something. Um, it was a real bummer. Yeah. It was a pretty slow race. So in a, in a normal situation, that was perfect. I, could, I couldn't ask for anything better really I mean it was like 1340s pace through most of the race maybe something like that maybe a little quicker and then a hard last 
mile, I think the front closed in 402, 403 maybe to run 1320s. Um, and oh, I felt, I knew it was slow. Like I felt good enough to know that it was slow through half to 3K. Uh, and then at some point it was just, well, it's it's a weird feeling because I, I mean, I was just freaking hot. And by halfway, like hot and tired, but the, and it, but it really wasn't that hot. So, in reflection afterwards, like I didn't know if I was like imagining it being hot, just because I was like uncomfortable, or I don't know. I was out there in in black half tights and black shirt, which probably didn't help. But cool glasses though. <laughs> yeah, hey, you got them on right now. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, black glasses too. I think that it was bright. I think that was a good decision. But yeah, I'm shit. I felt bad warming up. Yeah, that's not what you want. I was just like so flat leading into it. I felt like if you ride a bike with like completely flat tires, mm-hmm. like running was just hard <laughs> to run fast. But during the race, and then it was similar to Paris, like knowing that it was hot but actually on the line thinking this doesn't feel that bad um think this would be sweet but that's just without running and just coming from the air-conditioned core room for 25 minutes which feels pretty good and yeah I just like had just my skin was burning and a few laps ago like just super heavy arms and legs but you know there might have been a mental component knowing that it was probably slipping away I mean it, it was warm but like no one else was talking about it I don't think um, so I mean it, like it was 80s I think I feel, I, think, I feel like it really shouldn't be a factor but it felt like it was so yeah. it's hard to know and like I was talking to Butchie afterwards he just like came up to me and was like asking how it was and I was like fuck man do you get hot out there? and he's like what do you mean? <laughs> we hot during the race he's like nah no, it wasn't bad <laughs> I was like shit maybe I like am I just imagining this? Like, am I the only one that feels this? yeah well it's definitely warm for a 5k but I, I think at 5Ks, your body is operating at such a high, like, just output of energy that you're going to heat up a lot and it's going to feel Definitely. really, it just feels really hard. And that probably combined with the heat, I imagine those two things kind of end up going together. And yeah, maybe other people perceive it differently. And I guess maybe you perceive it as like feeling really hot or whatever. Yeah. I and mean, I think the thing is like, even a lot of people perceive it to be hot, but can like don't let it kind of get to them or just like have been dealing with it enough and doesn't actually affect them even if they feel hot um which i've always struggled with like even in boulder and like we we did some heat training obviously like putting some layers on and stuff but just for easy runs and like workouts never felt good in the heat i did my workout like first workout in eugene I did 
was when it was hot. Um, when when you were pre-meeting Ollie, I don't know if you remember that. Was it did was that hot to you? you usually, were just pre-meeting. Yeah, I, I think I. Um, it was hot, but it wasn't like. Yeah. I think Boulder was a different type of heat. Um, and then coming into to Eugene's way more like humid. Yeah, but um, I, I mean after that first workout, which was like some 200, some miles and some 200s, mm. I, I couldn't even cool down. Like I walked because I was so fucked from it, the heat. It was also... For just like a, a light kind of week before workout. It was also I like... I couldn't even th- run. The track that um, that it was at was like there was no shelter at all. Like it was very, very um, open and like... It's just like the sun. There's like there's no shade at all unless you're in the tent, and the tent was hot anyway because it was just like stuffy. So it was just like a really hot time to do any type of workout. Whereas like you were doing a longish like workout compared to people doing pre meet. It's just I can imagine it's a completely different feeling. Because yeah, it's just it was no there was like no shelter and it was just super hot. It was like also the point of day where um, it was <laughs> it was like the hottest part of the day. I'm pretty sure <laughs> as well. So yeah. It which, which, we did in it at, in that respect kind of at the race time though yeah. partly in order to see what that felt like and then did the next workout in the morning because I was like I don't want to not be able to cool down <laughs> I want to feel good in my workout into the two race. days before the race yeah uh, I think it's really hard to emulate that here in Boulder because the thing is yeah. like it's not like Boulder is a cold place Boulder is hot but the dry heat is so different to anywhere that has any humidity because it is most of the time it's so dry here and I don't think I said this to you, but, you know, Ollie and I, our experience last year at Tokyo doing the heat training here, what we call heat training, which for those who don't know is just wearing a lot of layers of clothes for our runs. As soon as Ollie and I got to Tokyo, we were like, that was pointless. We, the actual humidity, I think, feels so much harder and different to heat training and clothes. It's just a different sensation. I think it's, I mean, clearly people do it and there must be some, I think there is science behind it, but honestly... I don't know if I if I was racing in a super, super humid place again, I would 100% do a humidity camp before. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like mid Midwest in the summer would be the place to go. I think for that type of training. Um, like for example, I'm pretty sure Bauman in 20 before the 2016 Rio yeah. Olympics, they were in Madison. Yeah, they came to Madison. It was so training. funny. Like and and they that, love altitude. Yeah, and they love altitude. So like they obviously said, well humidity training is more important for this type of experience and hopefully I mean like Paris I don't know Paris would probably be could be could be, could be, hot, could and be hot and humid so it'd be interesting to see um, definitely if, more humid than Eugene yeah. I feel like in the scheme of things Eugene's not humid yeah maybe compared to Boulder yeah well I mean like I don't know Paris like I mean you you've raced to Paris when it was super hot so you kind of know what it would be like if that weather was emulated in uh, in the Olympics, if it was the same. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like you, like Joe and Alicia were layering up a lot, and Joe was using the sauna and like doing all these stuff, but this stuff. But if you're not like in it, it's just so it's just so different. Yeah. Looking back, I don't think I would have done anything differently with that. Um, <clears throat> I think there's just I don't know. I need to figure out how to maybe just be more comfortable, even if it like learn to feel hot but actually be fine as opposed to feeling hot and then maybe it does become a mental thing after that um, but shit it would be nice if it was two hours later <laughs> every night the Eugene in the stadium at like 
seven thirty to eight was unbelievable. Like nice. Yeah. Six o'clock in the sun and really tight thick black half tides. <laughs> Actually I probably would have done that differently. Probably wouldn't have wore those, but uh, the shorts are pretty much unwearable. So really? hopefully that'll be the last time you have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a tough one to watch be- because well one thing I would say you forget I don't know if you had this experience but watching on TV I'm like shit there's so many people in this race just the amount of bodies that they put in the 5k you forget that is is it 21 or 24 I think 21 21 that's a lot of people on the track and and I think your race the first lap was a 68 or something 68 or 70 it was probably it was it was somewhere around there it was not it was not fast to say the least and then your heat won so as soon as you hear that you see that you're like wow so probably only five people again through and then there's just a lot of bodies and i did notice at one point it looked like you were more up towards the front like early on but then it's the classic when it's a slow race the shuffling around where people just keep coming on the outside and it's really hard to navigate that because you don't want to waste the energy fighting for that spot you either have to generally sit at the front or the back and then if you're sitting at the back, which is where you kind of ended up, you have to make a pretty decisive move at some point up to the front, obviously. And yeah, with 21 people, you gotta, yeah, it's hard. You gotta use a bunch of energy at some point to get around a lot of bodies. Yeah, and definitely. It's hard, and your your heat was super stacked. I mean, I don't think, I think we talked about it a bit, just how good the 5K is, because you could say both. Like, you could say both heats were really stacked because there was amazing runners in both of them, but yeah, you look at that start list, it's, if only five people are making it out of your heat, it becomes really, yeah. really hard. And, and the top three ranked runners in the world were in one. Yeah, of course. It's, it's <laughs> not, that they, like, not the people ended up middling, but the people ranked one, two, and three were in one. How is that, don't they seed it based off ranks? I have no clue. It might be more like season best. Season best, Instead okay. of just that world rankings. Sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, I, yeah, probably shouldn't have been as far back, but in a slow race like that, being at the back should be pretty comfortable and pretty easy to make a move at some point. But like it should have felt way easier than it did running like maybe sixty sixes yeah. in the middle there. But it felt eventually it went from feeling slow to like just being exhausted, and that was couldn't run much faster. Even though it should have been a pretty perfect situation with kind of a fast couple of last laps. Yeah. yeah that's how I, it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. The 5K is a brutal event. Never feels good. But, I mean, now you're taking it. You took it. You took a couple of days off after, right? Mm-hmm. Taking it easy for a little bit. Getting ready to go out to the Com Games in a few days. So you can be back out there. And that, that the Com Games is a very different experience. A lot of the same really good athletes but only it's a straight final so that makes it so like super different dynamic i think mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see who goes because uganda and kenya are both yeah in the commonwealth canada uk i mean no it's gonna be good to turn a page that's on the the 6th of august for both um ollie's 1500 and and my 5k so yeah looking looking ahead for that yeah so yeah it was it was tough to watch but it's like i don't know where like it was the first outdoor world champs for you 5k so 
you just got to take what you can and work on and improve i mean i think we'll say this a bit throughout this podcast as we reflect on stuff but the reality at the pointy end of this sport which is what the world champs is everyone has essentially the same goals everyone wants to make the final and then they want to be top eight or top five or medal and there's just not that many people that end up getting to do it so it's always like the reality is most people leave disappointed if you think about it (laughs) like so uh we'll get more into that i guess later but we do so the men's 5k final was then on yesterday and it was such an amazing race i think yeah, the field for that race has to go down. Like, Ollie, you were, you were telling me before the accolades of everyone in it. Yeah, I mean, you've got the 10,000-meter uh, Olympic champ, the 5,000-meter Olympic champ, 10,000-meter world record holder, 5,000-meter world record holder. You have the two-time defending um, world champion. Yeah. You have um, pretty much most of those men in there could probably run 1240s. Yeah. Um, and it's just stacked and, and it's also stacked with guys with experience like this is these aren't guys that just popped up yesterday these are guys that have been around since probably 2016 onwards um so when you look at the field like that it's pretty special to see uh that unfold and yeah as a i mean as a fan of the sport it was just it was incredible um and particularly which i was very impressed with when we're watching the final here um you could hear the crowd very very crowd was electric last night very electric very loud and that's what was amazing because i mean the span of 11 days the championship long time i was already sick of track yeah but the two probably one of the two one of my two favorite events to watch was the 5k final and the 800 women we're on the last day so like it really revamped it um and it was it was great to see that much noise being put into into that race because it was one of probably one of the best best fields that we've seen in the 5k world champs and uh yeah it was an incredible race to watch really yeah the way it played out was really cool as well yeah i think and yeah it is special i don't know i don't know how real this is for the people of eugene or if they just play this up on social media but the 5k is pre's event you know so i think racing the 5k at hayward field is kind of it's pretty cool pretty special it's you know that's where he would do it it's like legendary there but yeah the way it played out with I'm pretty sure um, chapter guy took the lead, made it on a 62 first lap. Yeah, um, slowed slowed down a little bit. I think down. the Kenyans came through Kenyans. and they wanted to do some teamwork, but they couldn't. I think it was a little bit too hard for them. Yeah, I think it did. It did seem like they were out of their depth a little bit, which was surprising because of how stacked they were. Um, they didn't seem as controlling of the race as you'd expect. We'll get into our because we've got our favorite performances of the meet. Uh, they all raced in the 5K. So we can get into that. Yeah, we may as, well, may as well get into it we now. We can get into it now. Um, I mean, my my performer of the meet is Jakob. Yeah. And uh, pretty easy pick. But for me, particularly um, watching and knowing Jakob through the stages of the 1500, the amount of pressure that was on him um, to perform, he was obviously extremely disappointed he didn't win the 1500 meters. He, he made... A mistake he said for taking the lead too early and not doing anything with it and uh he felt like he was better uh when you when you don't hit a goal like that particularly for a guy that's an olympic champ i i know these confidence is like through the roof but you would get a dent in the ego a little bit like you 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 would feel a bit like oh shit like i didn't i didn't win like you you might have like a very split second of doubt 
I don't think he had that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just so <laughs> confident and so like precise with like who he is and what he can do. And like that's, it's hard because like you can't really teach that. I, I think it's just years of him being at the top. And like, I mean, you mentioned this morning, Morgan, about 2019 World Champs when he was, he took the lead with 300 to go in the 5K and then he just died and got fourth or fifth, fell over the line. Yeah. Um, like, he's been there and he's, he knows what it, what it is, knows what it's like. And um, watching his 15, uh, his 5,000 meter heat was just pure. So cool. It was just really, like, the way he stood in the line, looked like he was just going for a troll, uh, hyping up the crowd with Luis. Like, it was just, it was great. And then he was just joking around with the media afterwards. And then you watch the 5K final and you think, okay, he's going to be more serious, he's going to be more in tune. He goes out in lane five to get two cups of water and two laps. Yeah. He's also re- revving up the crowd. He's just fooling around. And then he, he just looks incredible. Like it it's, was, hard, it's hard not to root for him at that yeah. point. Oh, he's, he's so cool, he is, man. Uh, what a way to get the crowd behind you. Yeah, he's great. For the, he's just so good for the sport. He really is because, like, he's entertaining. And I'm not going to say... Because I think people would get upset if I start comparing to Usain Bolt, but I think he's going to create a no, kind of image in the sport now fair, that yeah. could that could be not like Usain Bolt. I think he's really such a um, entertainer in this sport now, because when I when we were watching it, he took the lead with about a K to go, or two laps to go. I think, I think it was two laps yeah. to go, and I thought he took the lead too early because of what happened in the 50. And I thought, oh, he's got Borrega behind him, he's got Cheptegar behind him, he's got Grant behind him. Like he's got these guys that can kick. And I'm not saying Jakob can't kick, but these guys, are, they know how to close down races, particularly in 5Ks. And the way he held, he defended the straights and he came through and won that race, I think was probably for me personally, the most um, impressive and inspiring race. Because like to come off a defeat in the 1500 for him is a defeat, to win the 5K and to win it very, very distinctively is a very, very cool like achievement at a 21 year old um, beating th- that field, being those guys, world record holders, Olympic champions in that event, like it's, it was so sick to watch, and the way he did it too, was just absolutely this is classic. Yeah, it was it's, my favorite favorite thing. It ever. was not even close at the like, but at the finish no. line, it wasn't even close. Like obviously no. he had his, he had the he had his mixed squeeze. <laughs> over he the had last his mixed lap. squeeze, and he and, and he then, wanted it. He wanted it, and he finished, yeah. and you could just you couldn't help but feel, like for me personally, like he's a competitor, yeah. but I couldn't help feel satisfaction for him. Because of what he went through in the 15. Like, I just couldn't... I, it was just great. It was just yeah. really good. The, the reality is, for a guy like him, obviously everyone's like, oh, he's a 1500 guy because he just won the freaking Olympics in the 15. But yeah. you could... I think you could argue he's just as good, especially if you're talking about pure championship setting in the 5K. Well, he's world champion now. So Yeah, he's... I he's mean, literally the world he's champion. The, 5K. The, dude, the dude raced two events. He ran three rounds to the 1500, two rounds to the 5K, and he finished... His worst finish was second at a world championship in two events that are probably the most deep events. Like, it's just... I think he could win the 10K if he wanted yeah. to. Yeah. I think he could have gone 10-5. In a 10 championship five. race, yeah. I, I think, think he could have gone 10-5 instead of 15-5. I mean, the, the dude, <laughs> the dude could do that. anything. Uh, Elba that, is pretty good. That's a reach. Yeah, Elba Carl is pretty good, man. <laughs> pretty powerful, I feel I mean, he did. Good. You know, Jakob's first wide chance was steeplechase. Really? 2017. Damn. Yeah. He was probably like 12 years old. Do you know what I was thinking when you were just rattling off those names before, though? Who wasn't in that race? Who would have? That would have been good to see Jakob race. Is Jakob versus Mo Farah? Oh my god! That would have been. Well, the th- now we're talking actually, all time. We're talking about it. Like um, that would have been at the workout this morning. Because 
Mo would close races in like 51 seconds. Bikili too. Bikili at his form. Well, yeah. I think it's hard to go back to Bikili's time because that was definitely just a different era. Yeah. Like they were... The stuff that they were doing then is slightly different to what we do now. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like... Uh, I mean, I guess the thing is the world record holder is there right now, but he doesn't race in the way that Bikili was able to race. No. I don't think, but Achilles really like was an amazing championship racer. She, the, the guy looks human, at least. Yeah, yeah that's that's the weird thing. Achilles did it. Like, yeah, Kaley I guess, looked untouchable. Yeah. yeah, and the way Jakob won that race reminded me of Mo Farah, like controlling the race. And yeah, just no one could get near him. Four hundred to go. It reminded me of London twenty twelve. Except in London 25, I'm pretty sure Mo closed like a 50 or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how fast he, their last laps were, but Mo would do the same thing where he would normally take it. Actually, I think Mo has got taken water in races before as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> would do that. Actually. Yeah, I think he would do that as well, he and then would. he would take it with. And he would wave to the crowd. Yeah. And he was like a huge crowd favorite. That would be like two crowd favorites. If yeah. He did. Yeah. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's. I mean. Jakob, there, wasn't room, there wasn't room for both of them. No, he just, <laughs> they just can't exist work. in the same uh, <laughs> yeah. same setting. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. But yeah, I think I guess looking back on it now, as we reflect, it's the five k was probably just overall the performance. I mean, we're very biased, but probably the the oh, racing, yeah. and me, just the, all the storylines of the different people in it. Because George and I, both of our like most notable notable performers of the meet, come out of the five k as well. Because it was like. It was just so cool. I mean, I'll, my the person who I thought had, I'm not going to say he had the best meet because obviously I, I know like Jakob had a better meet or whatever, but most notable to me was Grant and his story is kind of tragic because <laughs> if you watch the race, you would know that with... It's like Shakespeare. Yeah, with, our, <laughs> with just 100 to go, he got clipped and it seemed like, I think we got to go back and watch the tape, it seems like Mo Amadi's teammate is the one that clipped him. He was... I think Grant was, there was like the Kenyan in front of him, and I think Grant coming into the final stretch was running a bit faster than the Kenyan, but he was kind of on the inside of him, so he was trying to move out a bit to go around him or whatever, but then at the same time, Mo was putting in his final surge behind him and going around as well, and whatever happened, Grant, he didn't fall over, but he almost fell over, he caught himself, but he was clearly gassed after it happened, and it looked like Grant had really raced he'd raced it super well in terms of conserving energy staying near the front and i thought he was going to medal for sure and if he had pulled off that getting the medal in the 5k and then coming fourth in the 10k that's that's you're looking at just one of the best distance runners in the world right now and i think you can you can still say that about him just based on his accolades but it's like he deserve he deserved that medal i feel like and it's it's just sad it's tragic to see it taken away i mean we also said this this morning. We got a lot of championships on the way or leading up to Paris, so hopefully he's able to get it done. But I don't know. You, you never know what happens in this sport. When you're in that shape, and you got to try to take advantage of it. And he was about to do that, it looked like, and then slipped away. Yeah, I think no one would say he didn't deserve a medal. Because yeah. yeah, both of them, like in the team game, he was easily he was moving the best with like 50 to go. His timing was just like fractionally off and then in the 5k it actually put himself in the right position and then yeah, it was hard to watch yeah and he, I mean he's so good he has the times now I would love if he went and raced a really good 5k I don't I guess the thing is the Bauman guys they set up better 
time trials than anyone else in the world. So they have Haywood Magic now. Yeah, they got the Haywood Field on their side. So, someone said he was going to Brussels to run a 5K. Oh, he is. So hopefully it's super quick because I feel like he's probably going to run some big American record. You would think so. Should be Unless cool. Klecker gets it first. Yeah. Well, hopefully Klecker's in Brussels as well. Yeah. True. That'd be sweet. <laughs> That'd be a good matchup again. Yeah. So, Grant, uh, we love you. We know you'll get it done eventually. But, yeah, we think you deserved it. And Sincerely I think... Sincerely, Coffee Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll sign off there. That's the letter we're sending him to his new Eugene address. Yeah. <laughs> but the other big one, George, is George's notable performer was, with no yeah. surprise. Mine, mine has to be biased. Yeah. Towards... <laughs> You know, you boys in the 5K, Luis, <laughs> getting fourth was ridiculous. <laughs> he was in ninth place with 110 meters to go, maybe. Was he really? Yeah. I didn't realize and that. Then, like, he was on the back of that pack that broke away, and there was, like, I think there was nine people in it. And out leaned Mo for fourth, less than a second behind third, I think. Um which is just crazy. He ran 13.10 again. That's what he ran in Tokyo to come 12th, maybe? Yeah, I don't remember. Like, his best two races ever of just both, like, Olympic final and now world final. Shows up at the right time, which yeah. is impressive to see because, honestly, his start of his outdoor season, like, he wasn't... I don't think you'd mind me saying he wasn't running very well. I went to LA and ran a kind of mediocre 1500 at Mount Sac, and then I think he was sick at pre, but kind of mid 1330s at pre Oslo again like solid 1318 or something but well off the pace of the race yeah and then I mean he was coming on though Stockholm started to look better and better he was with that 730 group with a lap to go and then just the world's and he's the timing's freaking money <laughs> yeah to just be in in shape to go and he said he was like feeling amazing and shit he runs well when it's hot very well in Tokyo and then, really yeah yeah I agree with you I don't think I don't think many people would have picked him to come forth based off the season he had but if I mean, you yeah, watch the, the guys heat, who middled probably are all 1240 guys they are, I don't know yeah. about Chilimo but Crop is 1246 Yaku yeah. is Luis is 1310 guy and he's yeah. right next to them yeah, he should go run quick as well. He'd look great in the heat, so is that what you were going to say? That, that's what I was going to say. As soon as the heats, the way that he performed in the heats, how comfortable and good and confident he looked. He looked like he was just having a great time out there. And so after that, because it takes a lot to, he was in the second heat, and I think the pace lagged for just a little bit, and he was just like, screw it. And he just dropped the whole field for a little bit. To, ha- to have the, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to have, but to have the confidence yeah. and the ability to do that, because yeah, the 5K doesn't, you generally don't feel that good to just be like, oh, I'm just going to drop the field and keep the pace going. That definitely showed, like, yeah, he was he was feeling pretty good. He, he, he went, like, five to six laps to go. He was, like, just clearly in front, and then they eventually caught him. But the thing is, he didn't, like, fall off. He came, he went again, and then he was and right he was freaking celebrating Yaka, when Yaka. Celebrating. <laughs> I think he was fourth. Was he fourth or third? Or He was top five. He was top five, yeah. He, he got third, the cue. He got third in that heat. He got the big cue. Yeah. But he just... He just, yeah, he was just, he was in a great mindset, but also to do that in the heat, particularly in the heat that was also, I mean, both 5Ks were stacked, but um, to do that, it just showed you that he's ready for the final. Like, really, it just, it just showed you that he's going to be playing in the final. And he ran it, like, so well. 
in the sense of just staying on the inside, staying out of trouble, and just like really just staying relaxed. Like him and Grant ran the race tactically really well. Obviously, Jakob did too. But the moving around from the outside, you could see it just going back and forth, back and forth. And Luis was in the same spot. He just wasn't he was just chilling. Yeah, I don't know how he did it. That spot just on he the, ins- so on the well. inside, like two or three people back. Yeah. He kept, he was just maintaining. People would come around on the outside and he would, I don't know if he was passing people on the inside. I think I saw him do that at least once. Yeah. He was, he was just find, holding it. He would just find his way back there. And then I think with the last lap to go, like people got past him. But he didn't. He didn't stress. He waited, Wait and then he just made 100. that aggressive move, and it got him fourth. Like the dude, seen. He, he, he literally seen like a seasoned racer. Like he's done it before. <laughs> That's what it looked like. He's been there before. Yeah. In a so world it, championship yeah. final, it really looked like he was seasoned and a veteran at it. And that's like such a pretty amazing achievement to do. It's also pretty epic for champs. like for Central American distance running. Yeah. Which representing a lot of them. Representing Guatemala. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone probably knows his story, how epic it is, mm-hmm. and all that. So every time, yeah, he's he's doing a lot of great stuff. He's hashtag good for the sport. He is indeed. Yeah, yeah. and we love him. And he went to NAU, so good for Mike Smith. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> Mike love him Smith that much because he didn't join our team, but <laughs> yeah, um, seems to be going all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say, I would well say, up before the World Champs, I was like. Luis, you should just come join our team. And now, after World <laughs> Chance, I'm thinking like, yeah, he's probably fine. Yeah, he probably made the right call there, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, I mean, he's so talented. He'd probably do well no matter where he was. I mean, this thing, like, and he probably, maybe he, maybe he knew he wasn't going to be running that well early in the season. Like, I know he was running so much. And he, like, he was probably just wrecked all the time. Just training super hard. Yeah, just like 110, I don't know. Yeah. Miles a week, like, after indoors, like, maybe during those first outdoor races so he's yeah. getting ready for the big one well that, that's the thing and I think the next thing that we want to talk about is reflecting the OAC performance as a whole because you see athletes like Luis who well I'll take a step back first obviously the world champs is the number one priority uh, for everyone in the sport and it's not as simple as just that you've got to qualify and all that so there's a lot more to it but you see athletes like Luis who are able to perform so well at the world champs and go above and beyond what their other season performances are and you look at that and you're like that's what i want to do that's amazing i mean obviously you want to crush all the time but athletes like that you know it's like they they got it right they got their priorities right for the season they peaked well both physically and mentally for when it counted most and there were a few people like that i think a big one that i thought of was mo katir as well true yeah he i mean he looked he looked pretty I don't want to say average. He looked amazing still, but not nearly as good as he looked a year ago. And a year ago, he didn't do well in the Olympics. And then this year, he got a freaking medal in the 1500. So, like, that's what you want to achieve. And I guess the OAC, like, we didn't quite do that. I think I think Joe performed, like, up to his standard, but then everyone else feels like is a bit disappointing. And Dathan has obviously taken that pretty hard because he takes things very personally. And I mean, I think everyone's taking it a bit hard because the it's the bars set so high by this team because the team crushes so consistently. But I think times like this, it's like, all right, well, I guess we're not perfect. You definitely want to be someone. Well, like you, like you said, that shows up at Worlds, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the only time. But then, in an even more perfect world, you'd be like Jakob. Yeah. You can break world records in January and win world champs in July mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe win the Diamond League in September. I, 
and run freaking what did he, did he win European Cross? Yep. He did, yeah. <laughs> he won it by, he won it very very convincingly. Yeah. So, <laughs> very convincingly. Like that's one way to do it. You're just good all the time. Doesn't yeah. matter. Um and for us, we didn't get that right. And that's definitely I was I don't know if you guys we, we made a big point of that in college. We always talked about <laughs> for Mike would call it like setting the tone earlier in a meet or like especially during cross country, you know those B races? before like the the big races like we, we were always like pretty invested in those guys running because even if if your B guys have like a good day you're like hell yeah like the team's good to go or like in a few day meet the people who were up first are like crushing it's like yeah sweet and that so was what you're saying is it's my fault because I pulled out of the race on Friday <laughs> Which led to a cascading of negative, negative gonna, vibes. We did say that was going to set the it's tone for world champs. You do, we did say that. I, was, <laughs> I forgot about I that. I was going to sweep that under the rug, but now that you bring it back up, it's all my fault. I actually fault. forgot. I God wasn't going to say that. God yeah. damn it. God damn it. Morgan. Yeah. It all comes back to that. The whole time, it was me. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> being at the end watching, like, Alicia was heartbroken after her race, and she never feels bad. And... I always think Ollie is like superhuman. <laughs> like he's the most consistent runner I've ever met in my life. It pisses me off. <laughs> but watching him fail, <laughs> I was trying to find a better word than that. I mean, it, 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 that's it's the word I use. Like that was <laughs> the like, word I use. We all took that especially really hard, like the team did. Yeah, it, yeah. Not that we were <laughs> no I on you for all that. No, but, no, no. but I, we it, were really we were very excited to watch Ollie yeah it's and that that was hard for everyone it is tough and, and I, then I have to you know then the team's like maybe you know something something seems a little off yeah well I mean I think what's your thoughts on that my, my thoughts are this and I, I keep emphasizing this as well in positive and negative ways our team is pretty young <laughs> like pretty young, I keep yeah. I know I keep saying that but what defines you as a particularly in this sport as an athlete that's going to be successful is that it's how you take the lows because every career um whether it's not winning world championships for them getting second can like that can be a low and it's how athletes respond to the downs that will lead to the ups and even greater achievements down the road and i think particularly for us yeah we've had so much success we've had a lot of consistency but i'm not saying it's bound to happen but it usually happens in your career there might just be a really bad shitty meet and it was world champs and 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 Tathan took it pretty personally but I think it's a really big opportunity for us to grow and to learn from it um particularly for me uh looking at Alicia um she's somebody that's been crushing it like every week back to back weeks and you look at her result she obviously was extremely disappointed and the way she's been running she should be have been doing a lot better but I don't doubt in like a little bit that Alicia is absorbing as much of the information that she can get from her experience and using it to the next one. And I know Joe will do the same, even though he reached a goal. Being top 10 in the 10K was something that you know he really wanted to achieve. And I know for you and I, not being able to make the final and, and put a dent in those events um, was brutal. But for us, like we'll, we know this feeling, and we never want to feel it again. So how do we how do we uh, learn from it and deal with it? We just got to grow and absorb the failures, and and really just get hungry and go after it again. Because if you look at other people 
like um, like Jakob, for example. I know like it's not really a failure to get fifth at World Champs in the 5K, but I'm sure he wanted a medal. And he probably looked at that 2019 Championships as like, right, um, the next uh, global meet that I have, I'm going to make sure I do everything right and focus on getting better every year, every week, every day. And he did. Um, and that's the type of athlete that I want to be. And I know this team has a collective... Like the collective of athletes in this team have the exact same mindset and we'll have the exact same push forward. So our first world champs wasn't what we wanted, but we have so many opportunities down the road that's going to be pretty exciting to see people progress because I do believe that we'll take this in our stride and, and progress it to the next one. Yeah. I'm seeing it as like a learning experience. Yeah. Well, that's how I think it will be. I think that's especially how Dathan will take it. And it's, I think there is a balance, but I think at some point, yeah, it's, you just realize that world champs isn't the only thing that matters or whatever the global championships is for the year it's not the only thing that matters but i think once you've ticked the other boxes it becomes more and more important for example yourself ollie you've run now you've run 347 it's like you can run (laughs) no i mean like you obviously you you want to you want to you still have goals in the 15 you want to keep running fast you want to break the australian record and everything but what's guys coming up at just (laughs) <laughs> what's he doing I don't know he's a lady he's just saying hello I'll cut this yeah. out I, I, I think I know what you're saying like time yeah. trialing starts to have less meaning once you've already run 347 yeah I think it's like you've ticked that box it's like whoa what's next like I, it's like win a world champs medal or, or bust type scenario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's that's all that matters so then your season I mean maybe won't change like a lot but you'll make slightly different decisions based on slightly different goals I guess so yeah do, do we want it to always have that emphasis like I don't know if uh, oh, the emphasis on yeah that's like why I'm saying one, that's why I said it was a balance that's why I said it's a balance yeah. at the start because it like, is I'm not convinced that it's not the only way to do it I'm not convinced that's the only way to have a season no yeah. because okay look at for example Kate Grace I think she's a great example. She didn't make the Olympic team, and that was like the one thing, right? Everyone was like, "Gotta make the Olympic team." Her career, like her season after that, was she was crushing. She was crushing, and she was like just running these races and like, like those uh, performances. And then to the Diamond League final, finishing third, I think she was third in the Diamond League final. Something like that. Like she was just obviously like she didn't hit her main goal, but it was still a really good season for her, I, I believe. Yeah. Maybe obviously I'd have to hear from her personally. I can't just say like say that without her having her opinion on it but like to be able to respond after not getting a goal that was very important in the year to, to keep crushing to keep racing and perform well i think that's like important too because you you learn as an athlete that you gotta you gotta take those hits and and keep moving forward yeah i don't think you should ever be defined by one race but i'm more just thinking your mindset mindset slightly changes and so maybe you choose to not go to like one certain race that you would have taken advantage of that that opportunity at a different point but now you might say no I want to stay and train through this which is what obviously a lot of people criticize Bauman for but at the end of the day you know their system is very effective uh, at producing people that can compete Mm -hmm. at the world champs so yeah I don't think you have to go full like that but I think there's obviously something to that and we said that before like there's a reason they do it and there's reasons they're successful and but also their system Jerry's been a professional coach for I don't know how many years now, probably 15. 2009? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And it's like Dathan has only been a pro coach for two years. So, yeah. And Dathan is so committed and 
so passionate. So he's things are probably always going to be slightly changing, and yep. he's going to be growing. He's probably going to be coached until he's 100 years old. And, and he's uh, still going to be running diagonals. <laughs> yeah, he's still going to be seven, running seven stopwatches. So yeah, I think you expect things to slightly change year to year. You know, so yeah, I, I think I think it'll be interesting to see how things change next year. But obviously, I think everything's going to change for the better. Yeah. So, and yeah, we're all individuals. That's maybe something that's different to Bowman is like, I think they have more of a, they have a slightly more of a one size fits all. I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, because I think everyone that joins the team knows what they're signing up for and they committed to it. And that makes it simple in some ways, but I think we'll always be more individual than they are. But yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out. We have different sizes. Yeah, we got a lot of different sizes here, but (laughs) so in kind of closing on our world champs talk, we spent a lot of this year bashing on Eugene and it all led up to this this beautiful meet uh, we got to witness last night the Team USA <laughs> jerking themselves off giving themselves a medal which doesn't exist a trophy rather celebrating on the field together. <laughs> it was honestly I because I, we heard when World Champs like they announced everything that they were going to do the first time ever they're doing a team championship and it's this classic like American thing of Okay, we're going to have it in America. Let's do a team championship because we know that no one's going to compete against us. Yeah, does USA ever not win it? No, they have like... <laughs> they state, must always win. The not amount of people they send is ridiculous. Like, since like East Germany and... Yeah. 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 <laughs> or Russia they, or something. They were the most shit. successful country since East Germany in the 80s yeah. or something. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, and, and this is funny because then I saw a tweet from the World Championship Oregon 22 Twitter account saying... It's been it's been said, folks. Best world championship ever. And then yeah. I just see the comments of are saying, say that. if people are saying that, why are the stands still not full? Because yeah. that's the problem. Well, they, I think the stands were pretty full, they were, but they, they weren't were full. full. They were. They, they were weren't full. full. Morgan, they weren't full. I think they were pretty full. They weren't full. Access to the stadium wasn't as good as other major yeah, world championship meets. Yeah. I'm not dissing that Oregon didn't do a great job. That that they didn't. They did actually. Uh, they exceeded my expectations I think they did a great job I thought they did a fantastic I didn't like the medal thing where they gave everyone a medal straight away no I like that I didn't like that I thought that was a positive no I like the ceremony because I like the the ceremony as well yeah no but I don't want to see the medal until the ceremony until they get on and then they have the medal like the the realization you know you know it was a different medal what it was a different medal, I think. The one that they gave them to run around in. Oh, and really? Then they would give them a different one, like a oh. real one on the set, I think. I didn't know that. I think it was just for I, show. I just don't like that. I thought it was. I thought it just added to the excitement. I think it was victory good. lap. You've been outvoted. Yeah, well, I still stand by I still stand by the tradition of, like, you win and then you sit, you stand there, we do a flag in the background, your Which national anthem's going to happen, happened. and you stand up and you get your medal for the first time. There's no, like, just rush, put it on. I hate that part. I talked about this two weeks ago. I love it. I think it's How really cool. Yeah. Needs more champagne? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, put champagne on the podium. Like... The podium is important, I think, and then t- putting well, the medal. The podium. Yeah, but but doing the medal earlier just ruins. I feel like it defeats the purpose. Personally. I thought it, I thought it I've been outvoted. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought clearly was, a lot of people saved up to go to this one. Yeah, I know, and it was great to see that. It also kind of I did love the USA chance. Of course, USA, of course. USA. classic. No surprise. Um, but the team championship thing, a lot of bollocks, like yeah. absolute bullshit. Like they get. I think they get prize money for that. So that goes straight back into the USA. Yeah, we didn't know who, who gets the, that bonus. Yeah, who gets it? Like, does, does Phil Knight get it? Like, <laughs> we just go straight to him. Just go straight to Philly? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's how that works. 
Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was bullshit. Like, yeah, team championship. We're the best team in the world. It's like and they got a giant middle. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way that's happening. You know again what next they should time. do? They should it's do a one-time it. Thing. They should do it off ratio of people of population. If they did that, New Zealand would have won G- GDP. Actually, yeah. New Zealand would have won. Australia would have won. Actually, Australia might have won because we we medaled. We had three medals. We did bad. We had a lot of people per capita. Yeah, bad middle tally per capita. Okay. Well, did well. World Athletics is definitely watching this right now. So this is my South thing. Don't do that it. shit again. Change the 5K Change qualification. the 5K <laughs> qualifications as well. That 5, 5, and 5, complete garbage. <laughs> World Athletics, listen to me right now. When you do the team championship thing, do it per person of <laughs> per metal. Capita. Per capita. So, per capita, yeah. Middle so, is per capita. So do that. Don't do it for a country that has... Good, Jamaica four, would do really yeah. well. Yeah, Jamaica would do very really well. <laughs> Jamaica, <laughs> Jamaica would probably win, win every like, time. And you know what? Like yeah, with yeah, they win every time. You know what, guys? Rightly so. Like, that's a team championship because they're dealing with a population, like a country like the United States. It's so big. It's just not fair. Yeah. So I mean, that's my factors, that's my talk with World Athletics. Uh, Lord Co, get onto that, please. Yeah, it's just funny. It's yeah. just stupid. It just it's just, it's just suck me off the USA. No offense to the USA people listening. I know like it's a we great achievement, you. but like and they yeah, the sweeps the sweeps were fantastic and they did an incredible job. I'm not dissing the athletes. I'm dissing that system, giving them that team title. I think it's just pretty pointless. USA uh, yeah did win the most medals of ever. Oh, Which ever. Is, yeah, that was yeah, the most medals ever won by one country. Okay, they can have this team championship. Yeah, the next one, though, no, they should do the capita. <laughs> yeah. The next one, they should do the capita. Because it's not fair. No one can compete with them. Yeah. They're just going to get all that money yeah. all the time. And then I, I want to talk to the person who organized it so that with the most ridiculous timing, that um, right after the last event finished, Mondo gets one more shot at the world record and is the only athlete in the stadium still going. Whoever scheduled that, him to break the world record okay. as the last performance of the meet. Person's a genius. Actually. You gotta get a raise. That person's, that person's that was so amazing. smart. That was, did did that was uh, Mondo make out with his girlfriend? Oh, he oh did. yeah. That oh, was a big time. That was a big time. time. It was time. This is, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you, Ollie. Breaks the world record, does a front flip straight to his girlfriend, big make out. It is perfect. Did you have their tongue involved? Yeah. Oh, so dude. much. Yeah. See, that's what World Athletics needs. Just some Mondo <laughs> making out. That's More what track that. and field needs. World records, front flips, make out. Well, to be fair, um, Jakob also didn't make out with his girlfriend. Gave her a nice little. It was more of a pet. Little, little bit kiss. More, bit more dignified. Little kissy kiss. Um, yeah, good which, you know. Love wins. Maybe, maybe love wins. Maybe yeah. we need. At the end of the day, <laughs> love wins. Love was the real winner in Eugene. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the timing of it. Was amazing to end the meet on. For specifically everyone in the stands, I think, for a USA to win both the 4x4s mm. in pretty dominant fashion, which I'm pretty sure they always do, I think. When they're going to do a DMR. And then uh, for Mono to come on and set the world record, couldn't couldn't have it any other way. If they can start the meet with a mixed bloody 4x4, yeah, who, who's decided yeah, that? That's they bullshit. can put a DMR in. They should start the meet with a DMR. That would be so sick. A DMR would be the mixed, a great The mixed event. 4x4 is not even the mixed 4x4 anymore because now there's a set order. You have to go like oh really man woman man woman so there's not like that. a girl racing a dude which was like kind of entertaining that sometimes. was that was pretty crazy to see yeah that event sucks we, we should get rid of it we should get yeah. rid of that i don't understand why the dmr's not in there because we have lord co as the president surely yeah, he, he should would be want like more of a distance relay there and like there's already two freaking four by fours why yeah. do you need another one you can just 
take the results of the last one. You can oh, wait, easily tell. Then you know why they combined have that. Yeah. the winning women's 4x4 well, and the actually, winning though, men's 4x4. They had the mixed 4x4. Because then USA for, didn't win the mixed 4x4. Yeah. But they had, oh, yeah, but they could have. If they, they wanted to, they could have. That's the even why it's worse of him. They didn't even try. No, no but they had the mixed 4x4 for Alison Felix so she could medal. That's true. They had it for her. Just for her. Because then she could retire with another medal. They'll get rid of it now. Even though, like, she's probably have, like, 500,000 medals. Dude, you can finish, like, 15th at USA's and make one of those relay teams. With the amount of 400 <laughs> and, and runners there are. do you get a medal still? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but... You probably do sweet, still get a medal. Think about how many 400 runners are on the, in the Team USA Hotel. We're like... Just so many. A million. It's crazy. I mean, good on them. Yeah. Good on them. Good for America. Um, good for America. Good for, you know, like, the greatest track fan base in the world. Is US according, according to, to uh, the US? According to the US. So, congratulations. Um, Budapest <laughs> is gonna be next. Yeah. I'm gonna. 13 months away. I'm gonna be We're excited gonna for Budapest because I feel like that's gonna be a cool city. I'm excited for that. And, Go back uh, to my mother country. I think that's we're just gonna target that audience as coffee club uh, supporters. I think Budapest is gonna be our number one target now. You think we gotta learn Hungarian? Yeah. Fun fun fact. Well, not that fun of a fact. <laughs> I could get Hungarian citizenship if I learnt to speak enough Hungarian to go to the embassy and like ask for it, because my grandfather is full Hungarian. So I could get citizenship. Just learn that one phrase. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> Can I please be Hungarian. Apparently, it's like the hardest language. So I tried. I, I did the Duolingo. I, I couldn't make it through one session. It's just it's too different. So a Hungarian is always hungry. Probably. They're hungry for more. They make good food. Yeah, I hear they make great food. It's well, that's going to be that's going to be exciting. I mean, like that's another thing about this. We have back-to-back championships. We have Budapest, Paris, Tokyo. There's some pretty sick cities. Some that's... pretty cool cities, you know. So back to back to this love and the grind, boys. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the every world championship is going to be hot. Yeah, we well, just Budapest be hot. On, so yeah, probably. Pro- I feel like they probably humid. I'm, I'm just making. I'm just talking. I spent a week nothing. in Budapest a few years ago, and it was 35 degrees every day. Oof, pretty hot. Around the same time as World Champs. Yeah, July, August, I think. I feel like if they have them later in the year, which Budapest is, that generally means it's a hot place. Yeah. To try avoid the main heat, but awesome. I'm just making that up as well. Should we talk about what it's going to take to get there? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the other big <laughs> thing that came out. Which this is. This makes no sense to me. What well, like World Athletics? What do you? Man, we're really giving it to World Athletics. I today. mean, Lord Carl is going to be hearing from us. Yeah, yeah. So, so give us the load, the rundown, George, on the qualifying situation. So, from an anonymous source, that also seems to be the internet a little bit, as of this morning. Yeah. From Clicksmix. Because it was well, yeah, the ten k's just got announced. But I was chatting in Eugene with someone in the know, and it seems like there's going to be some freshened up standards next year based on the original win the world ranking system came out a couple of years ago more than a co- Doha no after Doha I think it was I think it came out during 2019 but I don't think it was implanted implemented until Tokyo oh yeah that's right so the the original idea for the world ranking was that half the fields at world champs would be filled by time qualifiers and half the fields would be qualified through world rankings and that was why the standards came down a lot for Tokyo. But the response to that was everyone just started to run faster and went for the standards anyway. Yeah, everyone obviously wants to get a standard and have yeah. it certain rather than leaving it up to freaking chance. So there were a few events. So the 10K men's 800 men that didn't have a single world ranking qualifier. 
and similarly the 5k and the 1500 had maybe four or five on each side and so word on the street is that they want to stick to the 50 50 rule which means they're going to have to make these standards way harder and so they're going to be like 27 10 like 1306 maybe yeah so like 333 in the 1500 so quick. based on like that's halfway down the descending order list of qualifiers like 144 mid or something and they they weren't going to be released until the end of the year which mean and people that don't make worlds and people that do make worlds it's been kind of the second half of the summer once the window opens trying to get standards early because it's super convenient and people that have already raced after the window supposedly opened like think they have standards right now and it's crazy world athletics hasn't announced them yet and they weren't going to announce them to november apparently that's come forward and it's now going to be in august but there's people that think they have standards that maybe don't i guess it's not confirmed yet it's but i think it's pretty much confirmed yeah it's so silly to think that the qualifying window could be open but the qualifiers aren't set like you should just be that just sounds like terrible like business ethics like practice it should just be you have to make the standards official before the period is open well, luckily they have us, because now we're telling you guys here that these are the standards. Yeah. Um, but thirteen oh six. How's this going to affect? Like you, USA, for example, right? I think Usually they have always, top three, yeah. have the qualifier, right, and then just go automatically. But like for events, like say like the fifteen hundred, maybe you only have like two guys have the three thirty three. Like the ranking is. It's going to be well, so that's, weird. That's now. what happened this year. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's going to it's going to happen more now. So it's going to yeah, be they, much more interesting. That's true. They want it to happen Because was sixth. Right, mm-hmm. um, in the 500 meter final, qualify because he had the standard. But now, if he didn't have the standard, would he still qualify for ranking? Yeah, if he was within the ranking. But yeah. the, but then maybe there's people in front of him who were in front of him and maybe even close to his rank or above his rank. Well, that would have happened this year if there was someone who had a was in the ranking that was ahead of him. Oh, really? Yeah, so even if they, they would they would have got picked in front of him. Even still. if he had the standard, yeah, the standard okay. didn't trump the ranking. Yeah, okay. the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how that like plays out in people's heads because people well, are going to be like, it's going to be really weird for us because our national championships are in April, so long <laughs> before <laughs> the rankings are set. So normally, I, New Zealand is slightly different because it's a little bit less competitive no offense new zealand none taken <laughs> but but for australia what it's been like for ollie for example and we saw the, like it play out this year as well going back and winning nationals and trying to and having the qualify when you do that to try and secure that automatic qualifier is pretty important for people that's the only way you can get that certainty that yeah i'm going to world champs is by doing that and it's just gonna be so much less people having it, and just way more people getting in the rankings. So it's well, less people run the national championships. That's that's how it's gonna go. Like most yeah. people will be like, "Am I gonna try and get one spot? Have the standard beforehand now because they said you have to have it before now with the Abbey situation, yeah. or am I going to skip the championships, train hard, go to better races, get my ranking up, and run the standard there, and then hope I get picked? Most people will take the latter option because it helps their season to be able to progress that way anyway for world champs. If you go and try and peak for a national championship, it's great, but you might not get that spot. You might already have the auto qualifier. It, it, the questions just keep popping up in my head of like, what the, how the fuck are we going to do this? But yeah, it will be interesting to see how this turns out, for, for particularly for Australia, how yeah. they deal with the new standards and like their qualification process. It could even change again. 
Yeah, it'll so. be it'll be so interesting to see just how fast everyone runs now because obviously like what happened in the last year now races are just paced to hit the qualifier because yeah everyone wants a freaking qualifier people don't want to wait until two weeks or three weeks before worlds to find <laughs> out if they made it in the rankings yeah but how they can't do this forever there's gonna have to be some point where it equalizes <laughs> out keep putting them down and down well in wait. some events i just looked at the women's 800 they did have the men's 800 not a single ranking qualifier women's 800 I think 24 people qualified on ranking. That's so interesting. So like some of them, the time seemed like are already in the right spot. Yeah. Well, the 800 women's 159.5, which was so, which and is a so girl good. that made the 800 meter final at World Champs went 159.6, so she didn't even have the standard. Really? Yeah, that was crazy. The Slovenian girl. The Slovenian girl. Yeah, so that like really that impressive. shows you what they're trying to do. Yeah, that's what they but want. But that's why ranking is good because someone like Mario, without the standard, can come fourth in the 1500. So the oh, rank, I agree, I agree. The, yeah. We need, we, the ranking system is good, it just needs like tweaking because, and like people, apparently Sean McGordy's going to double in the Bahamas yeah. at, at NACAX, 5 <laughs> to, and 10K. To get that cheeky qualifier. Just because there's like three points out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're not saying it's necessarily bad, the system. It's more like one thing, right it's, it's more just going to be interesting how it affects the sport and how things change. And one thing that is bad is, not having qualifiers announced when the qualification period is open that that's probably they shouldn't do that yeah. but the actual idea of rankings is is a good idea i've like we could also talk about that forever and i think we have on the pros and cons of the ranking system and how it's kind of biased but yeah i think instead of the times just coming down and down i think they'll just come down and then they may just get rid of them yeah just be like, well that's will, that's what their goal was everyone will just qualify on ranking that's what the goal was was to go full rankings eventually so i guess they're they're still trying to achieve it so it'll be interesting right, we're just gonna go qualify on the roads actually yeah <laughs> well that's also ridiculous is that you can run a 10k time on the roads and, and the 5k i think i'm yeah. not certain but you can run those times on the roads and there is some like really downhill one yeah there's some really fast road races out shoes. there there's some good super shoes out there on the roads you run pretty quick so yeah that's that um that's mostly it for the podcast stuff. We do have uh, some brief travel and race plans this week. So just so everyone's in the awares, I'm going to Memphis on Wednesday and racing the three k at the Ed Murphy Classic on Friday. And then the day after that, I head up to St. Moritz to do some training before some, hopefully some good European races. So I'm back at it, back in the, in the racing saddle this week, which will be fun. Ollie, you go to Europe on the same day, is that correct? That is correct. I head to London for Commonwealth Games. Um, so that's going to be... I think I get into the village on the 2nd of August, race on the 4th. We get to celebrate colonialization. Con- <laughs> celebrate being colonization. Um, but that'll be good, and then... <laughs> is that actually the Com- Wait, why are we... It's just celebration of the Commonwealth, man. <laughs> Which is just all countries that got colonized. It's just England. British. We just yeah, love England, man. Celebrating England. We, we love, love Queen. the UK. Yeah, it's so good. All hail... All that's what it is. Or yeah. held the Lizard King. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll head to Lausanne. I got confirmed for that. Well, uh, well that, that's that's not for quite a while, right? Yeah. You come back. I come back. To hang out with Gus. Gus is going to be upset because I got to go again. Yeah. But, um, just a Gus update. He's doing great. He had diarrhea um, <laughs> for the past five days because I, when I Seriously? leave... Yeah, when I leave, he has this thing where he gets really, like, self-conscious about himself. Like, does my owner even love me? And... Um, when I get back, he literally just wakes me up at 3 a.m. every mo- every morning to go out and do a really, really interesting poo. <laughs> and, then, and then I go back to bed and he just goes back to sleep. 
yeah. and then sleeps the rest of the morning. So, but now he had a good morning this We're morning. We're back. Didn't you, bud? No, right no in time diarrhea. for you to leave in two days. And then he doesn't know that I'm leaving in two days. So <laughs> Don't tell him. He's going to be upset. But um, yeah, Gus is doing well. Uh, he's excited about how Coffee Club's been going. So uh, that's a Gus update. Yeah. And then George. I'll follow Ollie to Birmingham a couple of days later because I race a couple of days later. Yep. And that's it really. And yeah. then no plans after that. So our next few episodes, I will be on the road back on the over the interwebs, I imagine. But we'll keep them going. Uh, keep them going strong, hopefully. So, yeah. Also, intern Avery is gone. He left yesterday, did the 17-hour drive back home. Uh, we're going to miss him dearly. So thank you, Avery, for all your interning that you did. He didn't actually really do any interning. We just caught him that. He just hung out mostly and ate. I don't even want to talk about what he ate. He has a really bad diet. Uh, but he was a good vibe. He was he was a good, calming presence. Great vibes. So we love you, Avery. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully next year he'll be back. But, yeah, I think that's it for episode 45 of the Coffee Club pod. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you guys next week.